people to the Kenny. We want to create jobs and also improve our scientific knowledge. We need scientists in the country. But there's also many business people who are still waiting for residence or work permits, and they wait in vain, sometimes for months, even years. We're also supposed to protect those who need it, those asylum seekers and refugees. Yesterday, I read an article about a teenage girl who fled to South Africa after her parents were killed in Benin. She was hoping to compete in an international competition at a high school here in South Africa, which she's uh, been part of. But she's unable to get a passport from Home Affairs, and therefore she can't travel to the Netherlands to compete in this competition. All this, while someone like Radovan Kretscher continues to conduct business in the country on supposedly illegal papers. He even continues to manage to, to oppose the extradition to the Czech Republic, where he's supposed to stand trial. So the question we're asking today is how best can South Africa manage immigration and the question around immigration, both to keep the uh, keep out the unwanted and attract the wanted, or in other words, to protect those who need it and those who we need. Uh, I'm going to be joined shortly by uh, the provincial manager here in Gauteng for Home Affairs. But right now on the line, I do have Stuart James, who's the, the director of a consultancy services company. He helps you get your uh, immigration permits and the like. Integrateimmigration.com. That's the website he works for. Stuart James, thanks for joining us. Stuart, uh, I'd like to start with you then, uh, without Home Affairs, of course. Uh, let, let's ask the question, who, who comes to South Africa and, and tell us why? great variety of people actually we're, we're a very attractive destination we see everything from retirees uh, business people uh, large corporations international corporations bringing in foreign workers that are needed where we're lacking certain skills and also we do an awful lot of homecomers and Stuart do many of them use your services uh, the, the ones that are coming in on refugee and asylum seeking no uh, they're sort of covered under a different part of the act, and they we actually can't cover asylum seekers and, and refugee seekers. We get a lot of inquiries, but we are unable to help them. Do you have uh, a lot of business people traveling from Ethiopia and, and Somalia and the Horn of Africa using your services? Increasingly so. Uh, the last couple of years, we've seen an awful lot of interest from Africa coming in, which uh, sort of mirrors, if you like, the tourism figures as well. Um, South Africa is becoming very popular in terms of tourism for the rest of Africa. Um, people come, fall in love with the country, see opportunities, and, and yes, we're seeing an increase in the number of business people coming down. And, and what types of businesses, what, what are they bringing to the country? Because we need to create jobs, right? That's that's the main reason why we look to reforming some of our policies each year. Naledi Pando talked about it earlier, the, the Home Affairs Minister. So what, what types of businesses uh, would be coming to the country? Well, what we see in the immigration regulations is that every business must create uh, at least five permanent jobs for South African citizens or permanent residents. Mm -hmm. So all business holders actually do create jobs. We're seeing a great variety. Um, there was previously and less so now in the tourism sector. Um, we're seeing a lot of IT companies. Um, we've seen everything from, uh, believe it or not, chocolate factories. Um, importers, exporters, so really a great variety, very entrepreneurial types. But I also want, Stuart, uh, thank you again for, for joining us. I, I realize we, we did lose you a second there on the line, but uh, welcome back. Uh, for for those, of, uh, of those that you deal with that are applying to come into the country, what, what's the biggest challenge? Is it once again the speed of processing those applications, or are there other challenges that are being experienced by uh, those applying to get uh, status in the country? Speed's definitely an issue, um, unfortunately. Um, on the Home Affairs website, you'll you probably see for yourself that there's a 30-day turnaround time 
um, which is published on there. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, is unfortunately, we have, uh, I think at this stage in the game, about 200 clients uh, applying for temporary residency um, over three months, um, and some of them over six months. Uh, obviously, if you're trying to set a business up, um, create employment over here, it's very difficult for them to plan uh, when there's no time limit on it. Similar for homecomers as well that are coming back with foreign spouses. Um, we're, we're very involved with Homecoming Revolution, for example, to try and attract skills back into Africa. And one of the issues there is the foreign spouse, the process they've got to go through in order to be able to work, very time-consuming. Uh, it, it sometimes ends up, unfortunately, with job offers being removed. Oh, and so what's, definitely one challenge. what's holding us back in, in processing these quickly? Is, is it just that the verification process is very stringent or uh, are, are there other things that are holding us back here from, from doing this speedily so that we can see the job opportunities, see entrepreneurs coming into the country? I think uh, the immigration regulations themselves are very well written. Um, and I think that um, correctly, as was said earlier in this, uh, in this, in this show, is that um, South Africa is very welcoming. There's no two ways about it. Mm. Um, internally, obviously, there's, there's, um, there's, there's issues that home affairs have to face. Um, and they've got a very difficult job, make no mistake about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of asylum seekers and refugees, as well as the immigrant population that are coming in looking to invest and set up businesses. And I think one of the issues we get to is that it's not always consistent. For example, people who submit abroad um, are very often treated to a different interpretation of the act to the people that submit here in South Africa. Well, I've heard this as well. Some have said uh, it's easier to apply in another country at a, at, at the uh, for, for your home affairs visa or, or other applications for a business visa rather than applying for it here in South Africa. Stuart and Bernardo, in that order, do, do you have a question that you'd like to put directly to home affairs? Um, there's, there's two quick ones, if I may. Sure. Uh, number one is we, we're operating at the moment um, the track and trace system, uh, which is not working. Um, and basically applicants, um, Home Affairs set up a central call centre just to give you some background mm, to help mm. applicants, which was great. Um, unfortunately, they need the reference number to be able to ring it. And the reference numbers are not coming out at this particular moment in time. Um, so unfortunately, it means we're having to physically go in and queue, or so are the applicants, which is obviously causing backlogs in the in the regional offices and the and the missions abroad, in order to get the reference number. This is exasperated by point two, which is that we're we're operating under a system of what we refer to as five five five, which is we're allowed five inquiries um, uh, for sort of submissions and collections etc. per day. So we can literally only go in and do this five 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 once per day. So it's making it extremely difficult to get feedback. Uh, but I do know about this track and trace system. It is one of the things that we think, first of all, we need to applaud the Department of Home Affairs for having a phone number that one can dial if they want to track and trace uh, their visas and, and passports and how quickly they are processing the applications. But without a reference number, it makes it very difficult. Mr. Plenty, how are you dealing with this? No, the, the reference number, which uh, we, the system that we are using, that passport number of the applicant as a reference number as well, so that things, they, they do not get lost. Right now, we are always linked, that application with that individual, because your passport number, for you to apply for any of mm. the permits, you must have a passport. So if I using the passport number, that's what is helping us. But I think it's important to say, uh, initially, we recall that this permitting regime was decentralized to 
all the offices uh, across the country, which was giving us a lot of problems around the issues of corruption and fraud. And then we started to centralize the adjudication, not the receiving of the application. And then then that we introduced the track and trace. So we are still building that that, that track and trace uh, in order for us to be able to utilize it so that we can be able to service our clients uh, uh, better. So that's what we are looking at. And limiting queries to just five a day? Stuart's saying it's a difficulty here. For what? In terms of limiting inquiries to five per day, he says it's a challenge. No, no, we can't limit uh, inquiries. In fact, the way we must limit inquiries is to service the people. That's all what uh, we want to limit. You can't limit on the basis that you cannot call us and ask. Because if we didn't service you, you must ask us, where is my application? But the only way we want to eliminate inquiries is for us to have a system which is efficient so that I can only get about five inquiries a day because the rest of the people must be serviced within our time frames. As a department, we put standards and say, for a temporary residence permit, it takes so many weeks. Uh, for a permanent residence, it takes so many uh, months. So that at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we can be measuring how are we doing with uh, those things so that the more we've got less inquiries is when now we can judge as a department that we are doing something better. But we can't uh, uh, do it on the basis that only five people must call now. Hence, we've got also a call center in addition so that now people can be able to call us on that. But they were still in the process of even uh, uh, looking at how we can uh, uh, change that call center because currently our call center is more like a messenger type because they don't they are not linking with the systems, but we are working as a department through our IT modernization to come up with what we call a contact center, so that when a client calls, the person who is servicing must be able to go through our system and check where that application is, what is not available, and all that. Is this, so going, that is this going to bring us closer to the 30-day turnaround time? When, uh, as, as we, we indicated that we had a backlog uh, uh, in our temporary residence permit, which we cleared, and then now we're working on the permanent residence uh, backlog, which uh, our target is that by December, uh, which is uh, 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 next month, uh, we're we clearing that backlog. Now we're left with something like 3,000 uh, on, 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 on the permanent residence, and thereafter we'll be able now to work. And there are still other innovative ways uh, which we are thinking about. Was if you go to other countries, uh, they've got companies like uh, they, uh, which they collect the applications on, on, on their behalf and then process it mm-hmm. now to, 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 the, to the department. So it's something which we're looking at as a department to explore uh, that can we also look at something like that. Actually, in other countries abroad, we've already implemented a company called VFS who's collecting those uh, applications on our behalf and process. But we want to look at what other ways we can do in South Africa to improve the service. Stuart James, 
I've got an SMS for you as well. Uh, JJ writes in saying the immigration policies in South Africa favor Western refugees because they're perceived as investors or tourists. And those from developing countries are treated as aliens and illegals. They're arrested, deported, or even killed, says uh, JJ. Stuart, is, is that true? Are, are the immigration policies more in favor of, of those that you assist, the business people wanting to come here and create those five permanent jobs, as you say? There's, there's no differenti- differentiating factors in, in the act at all. Um, I, I think the important thing here is to differentiate between um, somebody who's a refugee or asylum seeker for, for very good reasons and, and somebody who's coming in with financial wealth behind them, business plans, experience, etc. Um, the, the two are dealt with separately. They're dealt with, with by separate sort of departments within home affairs, if you like. But absolutely, in, in my experience, um, we've seen no difference between a businessman coming from, say, Nigeria and a businessman coming from Germany. Mr. James, looking at some of the websites out there that offer similar services to your company, they, they label South Africa's immigration laws and policies as rather tough and complicated, and the services like yours are needed in order to navigate those policies. Uh, would you agree, and, and how would you like us to change those policies? I think ultimately um, people always make a choice. The, the immigration rules uh, are not that complicated if one works with them on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but the, the inconsistent sometimes application of those rules can make it very complicated for foreigners. Um, some people choose to do it themselves. Some people obviously choose to use a, a company such as ourselves because um, it can be very time-consuming as, as well as a little bit daunting. In terms of sort of changes, if you like, you mentioned earlier one which is very close to our hearts, which is homecomers. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the biggest challenges that we've, we've got there, which I alluded to earlier, is that Although the, the foreign partner can come into South Africa, the reality is in order to work, set up a business, or even, even study, is we've then got to go for a further endorsement application. Now, this, this can take sometimes months. So it's, we're, we're almost putting an obstacle in the way of the South African abroad, who's naturally you know, entered into a relationship with a foreigner, married, children, etc. And it's almost an obstacle in their way to get back into the country and bring those skills back that we, we very much need. Is it a costly process? Um, in comparison to other countries, absolutely not. Um, if you're looking at the Australia's, the Canada's, and the New Zealand's, they're as much as 300% more. So how, how would you like to see the policies and the laws change to, to make this easier? There's, there's, three, there's three very obvious ones. One would be the, the homecomers would probably be top of our list, which would be to um, make it a lot easier process for homecomers to come home. The second one, um, we do quite a lot of international foreign companies that set up in South Africa. And um, although the business registration side is, is very good, very quick, very, very efficient, probably one of the easiest in the world, what they, what they struggle to do is get a corporate permit, which is to bring a number of foreigners in. Now, obviously, you've got to balance that with creating job opportunities locally. But if we disencourage these foreign companies, they'll simply offer the services from abroad. So we lose out again. And I think the third one we've got is we we have a business permit class, which attracts money and it attracts um, people creating job opportunities for South Africans. Uh, Again, the application of the rules is not always consistent in terms of the minimum investment. Um, the process can be extremely long, and some of these entrepreneurs simply will not wait. They'll go somewhere else. We compete in a global marketplace for skills and for, for money. 
and South Africa needs to make sure we're as attractive and the process is efficient as we possibly can be. Stuart James, thanks for your time as well. The director of uh, consultancy services company, IntegrateImmigration.com. It's been a great pleasure to speak to both of you.